Welcome to episode 2 of Footsteps podcast, Coffee and Conversations. Today joining Reiner and Simone is Piotr Prokopovic. In this episode we discuss his childhood in Poland and touch on our time at TEDx. So yeah, the, the, the swastika story. I mean, it was, I, I mean, I mean, it was so absurd. It was so absurd. And, and I do believe there is an interesting story behind it. Like, there's an interesting story behind everything. <laughs> you know, the, 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 like, the, the sheer audacity of, like, Polish people writing, like, like drawing swastika. was just shit. Do you remember I told you that one, I, do you remember I, I told you that one of my friends from, uh, from the primary school uh, yeah. had a swastika tattooed on his chest? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that one. But he showed it to me like he was he was proud. I can't believe yeah. that. How can you be proud on things like that? On one hand they deny it and on the other hand they yeah, they love it. I th- I think I think the at the very basic level it's ju- it, it just has the right shock value. Yeah. And uh what what, what is the worst thing that you could tattoo on your chest to shock people. I mean, you don't go. <laughs> Give me an example of something that goes beyond swastika. Uh, I can't explain that. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. I take that back. Yeah, just don't I already go know there. your imagination. Don't go there. Your... It is not only imagination, really. Don't go there, really. Don't. For a, for a German grandson, I think it was really tough to do that. <laughs> By the way, I watched uh, I watched the the National Geographic series on religion. Yeah, mm-hmm. Glory of God. Yeah, it was good. When was it recorded? Uh, hold on, December two thousand eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because you look different. Uh-huh. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the haircut. Oh yeah, and I really want to have that haircut for that for that moment. It was well, it really. Time. Oh yeah, people not liked it. <laughs> they really not liked it. Said, look, look how he's looking like little Hitler. <laughs> what? Actually, yeah. my only my only thought my only thought was that you looked uh, younger. With this haircut. Okay, I go tomorrow to the hairdresser. Oh, <laughs> she said. Do you really think that? Yeah, I, I honestly thought that. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just. Uh, that's why I'm asking when it was recorded because I was thinking, oh, Ryan, looks young. And who made the decision uh, about recording it in in Czech Republic? Because I like, you you could you could imagine I expected uh, Auschwitz. Yeah. So why was it? That, that belongs to Tomasz Kraus. His father was one of the, he, yeah, he was in the first transport to Auschwitz. Yeah. So in the next story we make, Story of God as well, is in Auschwitz. So he comes with me to Auschwitz. Okay. So I think the storyboard was like a little bit on that way. We show each other our homes. Got so it. where our family grows up. Got it, got it, got it. And it was a great time with him. It was really a great time with him. To talk with him, to deal with him, and to see his point of view. Mm. But on the end, it's always the same point of view. Never let it happen. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean the like that's that that's one of the things I know that we discussed it a bit, but the the mission that you have with uh, like not letting uh, history to be forgotten. I know yeah. you 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 have a very like specific like both experience and uh, and mission, but just just like you can see that you know how how important that mission is in so many aspects uh, of what's happening today. Like the other day, I was just I was I was terrified with Brexit and with with what's going on in Europe. Like. How is it possible that people forget that one of the core ideas of the European Union was not let that happen again? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They just, they just forget. Why? Yeah, it's 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 money did, and power. No, yeah, but 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 for me, like the the idea that a story of uh, you know, oh, they they don't allow the way that we sell bananas. I think that that's one of the stories, right? <laughs> that the European Union is controlling like our fruit. <laughs> and yeah, therefore, but... we need to have more wars. You see it. So I've got a lot of calls from survivors about Halle. The assassination would took place there. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a Jewish people, and now they, they search for the other criminals. But it's a typical, you see, it starts again. And everybody said in Germany, no, AFD, NPD, uh, it's a minority. No. It not depends on the minority. Yeah. It depends on the activity inside the group. Yeah, absolutely. So you get a, a bunch of three or four people, and you can create mass killings, or you're a bunch of 300 and you only make one kill. I think it not depends on the size of the group, on the activity in the group. And if you have all these sick brains in it, and these guys must be sick brains, and they were so well prepared with, with all their camouflage jackets, machine guns, Jesus. And that's in Germany. Yeah, yeah, more here in the Netherlands as well. Yeah. So that's an overtake in in Europe right now. Yeah. You have that everywhere. Go to Sweden. Sweden was a country, or is still a country, which is open. Everybody can go there to work, to live there. And now you have these populists who go in any ways against it. Break the rules, break the law. And... It really scares me a bit. What's going on? Do you think it's like what's what's behind it? Like, is your interpretation more economic, or is it more, I don't know, uh, the I, new media? I think it it includes everything. I think it includes everything. Well, you cannot pick out one piece of it. I think you have to see the whole image. It's like when we spoke. Do you remember when we were at the? the event, the TEDx event, and I and I talked with you about my education about the ecological pedagogy and the system yeah. with every yeah. and I think it's like that. Everything is combined with each other. Yeah. And at the you end cannot... you get and at the end you have a result. You cannot see one thing as a separate no. as a separate part. 
And I think that's the, that's, that's the problem we have in Europe. They pick out something which generates money or generates power, but nothing else. I think that's, that's the main problem we have. So everybody is yelling in Germany as well, yelling about refugees and migrants, but nobody really asks about why it happens, why we have these people. So we sell weapons in these countries to get oil, get economic stuff. And on the end, these people come back to, to our country where they said, okay, it's impossible to live there anymore with all the terrorism and attacks. So what should we do to say no? We only are interested to make money with weapons in your country and to rob everything you have. That's the bigger, the bigger image, I think. And we, sh we should take care about that. Yeah, and, and, and what frightens me is this normalization of, of the language of hate. Mm -hmm. Like the things that you can say right now on social media, even on like TV, would never be tolerated like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Because, and, and again, coming back to, to history, <laughs> I think the, the memory of what happened just a couple of decades before was so fresh that you can always say like this type of language is what actually like gave us the, the greatest atrocities of the 20th century. Like we can't have that again. We can't allow for that. Of um, course not. I think they were <laughs> right, there. Yeah, but I think but right now it's just, but now it's easy. It's the, well, the things they were said to said now, then it wasn't tolerated, but they yeah. were there. They were sad. They were, they were, they were true even. And, and, but now we have a, a network which make it with one click very easy to spread uh, it, it to the entire world. In and the Nazi is, regime time, it, it, it was months to prepare uh, a propaganda. Today you have a microsecond and you reach 30 million people in and, one click. And people, especially the youth, don't realize what I see at schools, if I speak to them, they really don't have that bigger picture yet because Okay, if I post it, it's on there. And everybody, yeah. the whole world can see it. It's yeah. their, their, their thoughts are only at the community of their Facebook group or something. Not bigger. They don't have the bigger picture yet. But that's a part of education as well. Yeah. Schools or universities not reading students or, or scholars in, in the right way. They should teach history that should be a main focus as well how can someone in germany without the knowledge of what happens in the second world war how can he lead the country how can he be a politician or a lawyer that's impossible for me you need you need the structure of your country you need the good as well the bad the bad times and that's part of it but wouldn't you say, wouldn't you say, at least this is my impression, not being an expert in the field, but my impression has always been that Germany has actually uh, like achieved the most when it comes to like trying to cope with uh, with history and uh, like that actual, you know, students learn a lot of history in schools, like, like the Holocaust, isn't it like a, a substantial part of the conversation in, in Germany, yeah. would you say? No, no, I agree with you, but 
the German the, the German problem at all was we wrote a lot of good books by their academic ways. Yeah. So uh, the youth will not read that. Mm. The youth is not interesting reading academic books. They really not understood it. So and if they make a big thing out of it in the world, the Germans take take care about stuff like that. Why it happens that we have AFD, NPD, <clears throat> why we have killings in Germany, why we are in so many ways became radical again. If we learned out of history, if we do that job like all the rest of the world thinks. We should normally we should normally have in Germany, we should be a role model for things like that. But we aren't never, ever. And that's the problem I had. That's why I left the country. Then I went to America and I saw it's the same crap. Sure. Yeah, you can go everywhere right now. How do you experience it in, in, in Poland? What do you mean? Well, the situation itself, so the, 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 the racism. The... Oh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make sense of, of my experiences. I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert in the field, so I don't know. Although like, there are some people in my uh, institute who, who work on, on, like, on the social uh, understanding of, uh, of, of prejudice. Uh, I, so the only thing I can share is my personal uh, experience, and it was like it was those bizarre when I was uh, when I was young. Uh, it was like this series of bizarre experiences with racism, and it always like to me it always seemed absurd the amount of of racism and prejudice without the actual target of racism and prejudice. <laughs> Because I can I can understand I can understand prejudice against minorities if you have minorities. Yeah. But but in Poland, which is like one of the most homogenous countries in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is like, like like think about the absurdity of that. And and I, coming coming back to this experience with my friend from the elementary school, uh, like the, the the blatant racism uh, of of uh, like and and I was fascinated. It wasn't probably a healthy fascination with uh, like with n Nazi uh, neo Nazi bands. Yeah, like me, me, me and my friends. Uh, uh, like we had a punk rock band, and and we like we always <laughs> really yeah really yeah you did read Everyone his biography. <laughs> Pardon? Who did? I want your biography. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you can see, you can, you can find our songs on YouTube, but anyway, it, it's it was, like, so 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 we kind of we, we kind of uh, we 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 thought that we couldn't believe that there are actual bands like Polish neo-Nazi bands. Like if like the moment that that it you you actually say that it rolls up your tongue. You think you, you don't believe what you just said? Like a Polish <laughs> Polish neo-Nazi band. And they are, and and they were uh, like one of the one of the bands was uh, uh, Conquista '88, and I don't have to, I guess, explain <laughs> what '88 stands for. No, not really. And 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 they had and and they had songs about like conquering uh, the world, about <laughs> about the the supremacy of of the white race. And I just and I just and I, I was just like, what the hell are you talking about? What is the like you're the, it's it's ninety nine percent homogenous country. Like what? 
what what purity of the race are you fighting for or against? Like, what the hell? But again, <laughs> I, I think I but 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 the interpret like I wouldn't go too far in interpreting that. For, for me, it's just uh, uh, like trying to find out the most outrageous thing you can have, which is being a neo-Nazi in Poland. <laughs> and, uh, and it's really you, funny to hear that. <laughs> and then you and then you have a band and you sing about it, and and it's like so postmodern in a way. <laughs> so, but, but, that, but that's my but that's my uh, the thing is that, that was my experience when I was when I lived in Częstochowa. Like there were a lot of skinheads, a lot of neo-Nazis. So we were like actually like, we were literally afraid of them. Uh, it's yeah. quite dangerous. <coughs> and um, but then I moved to Krakow, and, and and this is a completely different discussion in context, and uh, I don't experience <laughs> I don't experience things like that. So um, so here, and again, it was a complete change of uh, of social group, right? But being yeah. being being in Częstochowa, um, like I did not choose uh, the elementary school, right? And um, so when I uh, when I went to high school that I chose, like I, oh, I, I actually no, I'm sorry, I was about to say that I, I didn't have a, sing, a single racist friend. And I said, no, uh, there was actually one. I was you, you, you know about, that, that's how you about live, his fascination. He actually, I remember that he said, "Oh my, oh my God, it comes back. Oh my God." Okay. Do you have flashbacks? <laughs> I have flashbacks. Like, okay. Okay. Like it was. It was the first. It was the first class, um, and uh, and one of my friends actually told us that his hero was was Rudolf uh, Hess. Anyway, so yeah, that and that is and that was absurd. And again and again, uh, and I and I really would like to emphasize that that the like the the the, the neo Nazi thing in all of these cases that I just described, I don't think was actually racist. <laughs> I thought I think it was. I honestly like those people. I think they were just plainly trying to find something that would make them stand out from the crowd. As you know, these you know outrageous individuals, and they just chose like the most stupid and absurd thing possible, which was being a neo-Nazi. <laughs> do you really think that was the case? I do. I, I honestly do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> So one thing, one thing is that the guy that I described uh, with uh, Rudolf Hess as his hero, I actually uh, uh, got to be friends uh, with him. <laughs> and, and you know, of all the things I could say about him, <laughs> racist would not be one of them. I, 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 I honestly don't think he had any beliefs or preconceptions about race. It was just to. It was just to. Uh, shock us it was like <laughs> beginning of high school was the beginning of high school and everybody finds for their identity right yeah yeah uh and, and he wanted to have something uh that would make him stand out honestly because later like two months ago when he when he, when he stopped being a nazi <laughs> and that actually happened and that actually happened he just stopped he just stopped and it wasn't an issue anymore and, uh, and 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 like I've never I've never I've never heard a racist thing from him. 
that is bizarre and i don't think any, that there, there's any kind of reflection uh there was any kind of reflection behind it so i wouldn't that that wasn't i think what i want to say is that that did not terrify me yeah right now i am terrified and why are what you terrified yes i know what i mean but what why what because i because because i see real prejudice and racism right now yeah yeah and yeah. The, the the stories i just told you that are absurd and funny uh, because they are in this absurd <laughs> way like I, I wasn't scared, like it wasn't, I was, for example, I, I was afraid, like I was afraid for my physical safety because skinheads could have beaten me up, but it wasn't that, that another thing, it wasn't for the racist reason, it's because they needed somebody to hate and, <laughs> and that's it. I wasn't terrified. I was, that was me just like young people doing stupid things and choosing like the most outrageous way of doing that. But right now, like looking uh like reading what's going on in the world and experiencing that in the us in poland and in general in in europe like talking to my friends from the uk uh about brexit it's just it's a scary and this is this is one of the things that uh, uh that our lab uh, in maryland is working on like the relationship between threat and tightening of cultures right that that yeah. most the, the more threat you, 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 you generate, the more likely you are uh, to have like tighter norms, to have, you know, uh, turning towards the autocrats. And I have no, and, and again, I'm just, I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't know like one ten, tenth of it. Like I feel, I feel I'm, I'm it's just, it's so overwhelming. I like to think that I understand things. Yeah. <laughs> but this just goes I'm 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 overwhelmed. I have no idea what's going on. I, I, I have no idea how's how that's possible. And I'm kind of like I'm I'm I have days in which I think that it is just human nature. And it's just it's always been there and uh it, the only difference is that when I know Trump is president, it's more normalized. When Obama is president, <laughs> it is less normalized. But like, all the bad things are always there and are just waiting to be released. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And on different days, on different occasions, uh, I'm thinking, no, it is actually like really cultural, and and, and we can try to change it, and uh, you know, by by choosing responsible leaders, and 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 it's impossible to see. Like, is the last, are the last 60 years, is it a fluke? Like, is it just something that was an accident in, in the context of history? Like, the, the, the like 60 years of prosperity, peace. <laughs> and, the, and we have no idea of, of, of knowing. Of course not. <laughs> and that will go on. To, what did you took back? What was the experience or at all? I mean, I, I think I already mentioned that it was... Uh, um, I think it was, it was a process. So the first thing... Uh, like, I enjoyed working on the speech. 
it was mm-hmm. like it kind of forced me. I, I think Ryan, we talked about it uh, before. Oh, your, yeah. <laughs> the, the fifteen, the fifteen minutes uh, thing, and uh, yeah. uh, I think it's <laughs> both a blessing. It, it's both a blessing and a curse. And and f- I think for an academic, it's more of a curse than than a blessing. Yeah. Uh, be- because you have the feeling that you're kind of dumbing down your ideas. Yeah. And it's uh it's so difficult not to do that to actually get a message across without making it simplistic. So just mm-hmm. staying with simple and avoiding simplistic. I honestly don't think if I if I succeeded. Oh, of course you did. You did. Yes, you did. You actually did. I mean, it sounded, it's, it seemed to me that I'm oversimplifying so much. <laughs> yeah, but you, perhaps the point is more that you inspire people. And that yeah, if, yeah. You inspire people, if you inspire people, they are going to search for more, right? So, and I think you did a pretty good job of that because I had not a moment that I just looked at my watch or my phone like, oh God, how long is he continuing? Not a moment, <laughs> not a second. I no. really, I really had a, um, and you had a, um, yeah, how do you say that? A chemistry? Yeah. That you really, you wanted to listen. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. But, but uh, what I'm saying, and, and, and it's, of, of course, it's very nice for you to say that. But <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just, to me, inspiration, it's, uh, it's not as important as people <laughs> make it. Like, of course, it's good to be inspired once in a while, but inspiration uh, just you know, <laughs> it goes away so fast. Like you, you're listening to a talk, to, to like a motivational uh, speech, and you're pumped up, and then Monday comes. and, and uh, You forgot the half. I, I, no, I think the most important? of it. I think it's important. What's, what is important for you? A conversation. Uh, This is why this is why I love like talking to people, and this is why I love podcasts. To be honest, really, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Because because what you have, even if you're on the radio, like I was, I was invited to a radio, and it's still it wasn't that bad because like it was twenty minutes of conversation. That's long, right? For yeah, (laughs) oh yeah, yeah. But still, it's 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 not long enough. But when you go uh, on a podcast and you have like an hour or ninety minutes to discuss important things, I mean, this is the format I feel good um, with, both as uh, uh, somebody who listens to podcasts and somebody who who's actually on uh, on podcasts. So talking to people, like exchanging ideas, being inspired by other people's ideas during a conversation i think i think conversation is far more powerful than just you know when somebody goes out there and just shares their ideas yeah uh, so, so for example when i when i when i when i'm at the university and, and even if i have a class that's mostly talking i i always i always have like try to have a dialogue with with the students um because it's a two-way street it, it's it's so difficult for them to accept because because they they expect to have like content delivered to them, but you can have content delivered to you on YouTube with lecturers far better than I am. But you can't have a conversation with them. You can't have of a conversation. Not. And and that's the that, that that's the view. So so if I had to uh, like choose the, the the medium for actually something that is enriching, I would go always with a conversation over a, uh, over a TED talk. 
Because, because, should I criticize Step Talks? Uh, no, no, because it's great because it actually got us together. So that's good. But, but, uh, but, but uh, the format of uh, of a TED Talk is so simplifying. So, and 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 you always get this attractive fifteen minute talk that, if it's prepared well, it is very compelling, well delivered, and. Uh, but but you don't get like the full story, and this is what uh, TED is all about, right? About about selling you an idea. Yeah. So therefore, you, you come you come there, you sell the idea, and uh, you have all these arguments. And if you're well prepared, if you're a good good speaker, they all seem good. But as a, on the receiving end, you don't have the tools to to actually distinguish truth yeah. from fiction. So you just take it all in, and if you're lucky, the person that delivers the talk just told you like 15 minutes of truth. But if you're unlucky, he just <laughs> served you a nice pile of bullshit, and you have no way of knowing that, and you have and you have no way of knowing which ones which ones the case. No, I really enjoyed TEDx. But I enjoyed as well on a different level the evening we have after it. So mm -hmm. when Fabian is coming with his girlfriend, we stand together. And you saw these little groups. They built up on different tables. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed that. It's yeah, like it's they, they sold it out themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah and then right, have, good conversations. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And, and, and again, uh, all, that, that is... Also, something that uh, that was really—I don't know—I I don't want to overuse the, the word inspiring, but but really, like I really enjoyed the the fact that these people, like all of them, came from so different walks of life. Like here, you have like a entrepreneur who lives. Uh, like for eight months in in Kotor, and then he tries <laughs> to convince me that. Uh, there is a revival of interest in LSD, <laughs> <laughs> and he tried and he tries to shame me <laughs> as a psychologist. You don't know about that as a psychologist. I said, "Shit, maybe I'm not a good psychologist." But he was, but Fabian was right. But Fabian was right. I actually, I actually did some digging, and there is a kind of a revival uh, in LSD. Yeah, but tell me, like, what what's the main thing that you do? Like, what do you do? It's cool to have like mission, vision, etc. But do no, on, what on, do you actually do? On one on one side, I'm running companies, of course. Well, you need an income for fixing footsteps. On the other hand, I make films, I write books, be on different shows. So that's what I'm doing. Giving lectures at schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that, that is my question. So I mean, what is the what is the medium of change? That is my question. Like, so you have a mission. Like, you you don't want you don't want this the the, the history to be forgotten. But yeah, there are like and let, plenty, and let plenty it never repeat. Yeah, and plenty, so but there are plenty ways of doing that. And mm -hmm. uh, and your idea for footsteps is is what using the the, the medium of the story to in one hand, of course. <clears throat> well, I think my story is a tool. Yeah. I don't see it in another way. It's only a tool. 
and the deals we, we do with survivors, with trials, with all that stuff became more and more like, like a priority. I think, but that's also what makes a difference in footsteps. We have a lot of contact with survivors and first-hand narratives. And if, if it's possible, we bring them to the lectures and we bring them with us um, to give them that narrative, to give people to see and to really feel what happened. And that's a different, that's one of the, the differences, I think. Like, like influence people to think, not only to act or follow others, think. Yeah. That is, that is my, my way to, to act with it. I came out of such a family which denying and glorifying the deeds, what happens in the Second World War until today. So they believe in it, that it was good. Yeah, that was exactly what I wanted to, to know. So it was really heavy on the beginning and Chess was there from the beginning when we started with Footsteps 2014 and before. It was a lot of it really <laughs> pain, pain in my neck. But with a, with a good team, I climbed that mountain and said, okay, we do it. Thank you for listening to Footsteps Podcast. Stay tuned to listen out for more information on new podcasts and join us on our social media sites. Thank you.